0: Hello and welcome to Argue the Toss at GameIndustry.com. I'm Shella.
1: And I'm Drew. And together we're arguing about the things that really matter in games and films and stuff.
0: Indeed we are. And it is Season 5, Episode 4.
1: Indeed it is.
0: What's our topic this time, Drew?
1: Okay, today it's neither games nor films, but it is stuff. Uh, we are looking at a TV series, uh, which has been kind of, like, it's certainly been heavily pushed into my Netflix kind of front page recently. Yeah, And it's uh, Night Flyers, which is uh, a sci-fi series credited as being from the mind of George R. 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 Martin who you have heard of from... Well, you know what you've heard of him from. You've heard of George Araman. I'm not going to explain what George Araman is from. <laughs> yeah. if, so. if you don't know, where have you been for the past <laughs> eight years? Why are you listening
0: to us? <laughs> even though we never talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, like I don't even
1: watch it, but yeah, yeah, we all no, know. Me
0: That's so weird that yeah, that neither of us watch it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because the world and his dog seems to watch... Um game mm-hmm. of thrones uh yeah so it popped up on my netflix and i was like oh okay it's like well i don't like game of thrones um i can see why other people like it you know there's huh. some good storytelling in it and whatnot but um yeah i just can't deal with the sort of misogyny and white savior mm-hmm. um things and so i was like oh maybe he does better with sci-fi so um yeah so i had a look um okay. and yeah, here we are. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, and uh, I've had uh, you're a bit further than me. I think you have watched three episodes and I've watched two. Yeah. Uh, we haven't gone all the way through, but we should say up front that we're going to be just spoiling the stuff that is in those three episodes. So yeah. if you haven't seen it and you really really want to see it, uh, go and watch those first and then come back to us. Yeah. But also, not to spoil the outcome of this episode, but we don't really recommend doing that.
0: No. <laughs> just listen to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't do the first bit. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I guess just a little synopsis of the uh the setting. Basically the setup is that earth is in a bit of a state in terms of mm-hmm. the environment. I think it's there's like it's basically a plague on all your houses and yes. you know sort of the environment's screwed that sort of thing. So uh, humanity is desperate for a solution. And um, there's a sort of there's this theory that there's some aliens that might be able to help with some new technology they have. Um, so it's a sort of first contact mission. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it it's set up that they've known about this kind of alien presence for quite some time, but they haven't been able to communicate mm-hmm. with them. Um, but what they've discovered now is that the aliens. Ships like give off a specific wavelength which matches a wavelength that is given off by um, telepathic humans who exist in the setting. And so they're taking one of those telepaths out to the alien planet to kind of try and communicate with them that way. Yeah. That's so, the general premise. Yeah. And then everything kind of goes all over the place.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, the telepaths are called L1s.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So yeah. Um. I suppose when that's first introduced, you're not sure if it's a creature or what. You know. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. <laughs>
1: they spent quite a lot, uh, quite an annoying amount of time being very coy about that, and there's not much reason to. No. Like, it's just oh, the L one's on board. Be scared of the L one. Have you ever seen an L one before? No. Yeah. I've never Been on a ship with an L one before? Who wants to be on a ship with an L one? They're they're all like very scared of having this, whatever it is, on board, and yeah. then it's kind of revealed that it's. A telepathic a guy, guy with who they keep yeah. in uh, like a tank.
0: I yeah, I guess go into the sort of the main cast. The first character we see is um the doctor. Is she a doctor?
1: She is, I think, yeah, she she's a psychiatrist. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. So her name is Agatha Mason Okay. Matherson.
0: Yeah. So that's the first person we see and it's sort of set up because when you first see it, I'm like, oh, so this is obviously the ending and it's mm. all going to be told in flashback. Yes. Um, so it, she's like the last girl in a horror film, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's a sort of crazy guy kind of stalking her, dragging an axe along the ground type thing. Yeah. Um, So that's where we first see her, but then when it goes all back into flashback, so she's on board to kind of handle the L1. So she's kind of one of the main characters. Mm. Um, And then there's Carl, who is... What is his role in the ship?
1: Um, He's an astrophysicist, and he's kind of the like it the the the, the right, expedition yeah. is his idea That's like right. it's his yeah. project yeah.
0: um and he has a wife and daughter and so there's a sort of whole story arc with that and obviously he's separated from them and um you know the tech they have on the ship allows him to relive memories yes. um so you can kind of project memories from your mind through your eyes Somehow, and sort of just um, they're there as kind of holographic, sort of immersive um, experiences when you're in that kind of booth place, where the memory booth or whatever it is they call. Yeah. Um, so. like it, that,
1: that's a, it's a very weird that memory booth because it's like, it's introduced very early on and you see <laughs> him sitting in it and it's kind of, you see him having a memory and then it kind of a computer display comes up and says memory interrupted or memory ended or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And you kind of, you draw back and you see him sitting in the booth and it's like beaming the images into his eyes.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's, it, Okay, that's quite cool. That's a good idea, and you can see how it's meant to work. And then later in, I think it's either that episode or the next episode, you see them use the same thing to read Mm -hmm. somebody else's memories. Mm. So can you read it through the eyes? Is it not because like it? It looks like it's just beaming light into the eyes, and that's what you think it is at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it works a completely different way, which kind of yeah, it's one of the like it. it, It's it's not like I don't want to pick too many holes in this because you know we could go kind of a cinema centric with this Mm -hmm. but there were enough kind of weird things like that where I had to stop and think well what what does that do Mm. Uh, that it started taking me out of the show after a short while
0: yeah it's very sort of loosey-goosey on the science of the stuff they have yes
1: like it definitely is which is fine But it's not like that stuff gets out of the way. It's not backgrounded. It's really kind of main stuff which you can't not think about.
0: Yeah, because they're using it as sort of plot, kind of, for plot development and stuff like that. So, yeah, you kind of need to know how these things work Mm because otherwise they can do anything with it. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, um, I guess the other main character is well apart from the l1 is the the captain who's this kind of elusive um figure who for the first couple of episodes only appears as a hologram and is very reclusive and whatnot and he's this very strikingly beautiful black man He has Mm -hmm. these amazing almond shaped eyes um Uh, yeah he looks like some sort of Egyptian statue or something it's really stunning Um, but it's never quite clear why he only appears as a hologram and then he just like suddenly doesn't anymore (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what he then just appears as. I mean my
1: first kind of instinct was that because he like he does kind of look so perfect, and he's always so mm-hmm. perfectly turned out, I think, oh, this is a computer, this is an mm. AI which is controlling exactly. the ship. yeah. But it's not, he's just a guy. He's Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's just, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It like, kind of doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine it's so that nobody can just physically walk up onto the bridge and drag him away, because he seems to have no control whatsoever over his crew. No. Uh, Like, his security teams don't really listen to him. No. Uh, Yeah, it's very strange.
0: Yeah. Um, And he
1: he appears throughout the ship. Um, It's implied that he's watching through the cameras. Yeah. He appears as a hologram who Mm -hmm. can uh, uh, interact with them. And in, like, the first scene where you explore that, he's talking to, well, a character that we haven't mentioned yet, Melantha, mm-hmm. and she mentions that he's always watching. He's always watching through the security cameras, like, even when... She asks him if he watches when she's in the shower. Aww. And he he doesn't say no, which no. is strange. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, like, it's not engaged with that. That's kind of a... Are they all okay with that?
0: Mm, I know, it, right? It's yeah. like why it's just very strange. Yeah. And then Melantha um so she's this sort of statuesque black woman mm. um which shouldn't be of note but it is because they use her as a statuesque black woman. She's mm. like objectified like completely. She hardly ever wears any clothes.
1: Yeah. Her first scene is Yeah. Her undressing
0: yeah and then she's just like she answers the door with her clothes half hanging off her shoulders and then it's just like distracting and mm-hmm. um yeah but she's uh sort of uh genetically modified human yeah is, is she, to yeah. live in space yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i watched it quite a <laughs> quite a long time ago now so i yeah. can't remember all the details um
1: it, it, it's quite a funny scene because um, uh, Roy, the captain, he, he he says it to her. He says, oh, you were genetically modified to survive in space. And obviously he's expositing for the audience. But i right. for her to go, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> me. <laughs> I am actually the person who, yes. Right. It was, yeah.
0: yeah. It, well, yeah, there are a couple of moments like that where it's yeah. just like, who are you telling this to? Because <laughs> yeah. when he explains the mission to the people who have travelled through space for probably, like, <laughs> months, maybe years or something. <laughs> and he's there going, yeah, and this mission is to do this, this, and this. And so, you know, we've got to keep on track. And they're all just like, mm, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so-
1: and again, I can excuse a lot of that I don't mind that at all it's just that in contrast it, you know when put next to a lot of other stuff which kind of takes mm. you out, to, you start to notice it more
0: yeah I mean it's not like complete cringe but no. it's just that it's it's just kind of mediocre yeah,
1: yeah. I, I like the first sort of 40 minutes of it mm-hmm. um, like I didn't think it was brilliant but I thought okay yeah. they've set up some interesting stuff kind here what let's think, see where it's yeah. going yeah, because yeah. it's not bad. The dialogue is no. fine. It's shot yeah. reasonably well. Yeah. And then it starts trying to do stuff. And yeah. it, it, it falls down very quickly where it, when it gets to the action.
0: Yeah. The other character is. Um, well, I suppose there's the L1. Well, we'll just go through the crew first, I guess. Mm. So there's the, the woman who's the tech. I, can't, yeah. I don't have the list of the character names. Uh, I can't remember. What's her, her name character? is Lomi. Oh right, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think they do yeah. mention it, but yeah, um, I wouldn't have caught
1: it if I didn't like watch with subtitles on.
0: Right, yeah. Um. So she is the awkward tech person mm. who kind of jacks into the system. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, and that's pretty much her. So she's like a complete cliche. Yeah, she's Uh, she's
1: got like a data jack in her arm and does Matrix things
0: with it, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing I did like is that the the data jack is really low-tech. Yes. It's quite sort of, like, it's quite big and um, yeah, it looks kind of sore and yeah. Mm. And I thought that was quite a nice touch. Um, But she is just the sort of geeky, quiet one. Yes. um, Who has a relationship with Melantha. Mm. um which is yeah which is a weird kind of display for the captain which is quite odd mm. um yeah so it's sort of male gaze lesbian relationship
1: yeah it's like uh, after you know obviously i'm all for queer relationships in in tv shows but after having seen melantha being so objectified for the right. like the 30 minutes before that you can't help but think okay this is this is not this is not being honest with me. this is just for titillation.
0: it is yeah, and also the fact that she looks at the camera, knowing the captain's <laughs> watching after yeah. so, after having had that conversation with him saying, "Do you watch me in the shower?" She then mm. performs with this with her crew member for him which is just really weird and
1: like she, and Lamy doesn't actually seem to be that into it either it's no. it, it's a very awkward scene
0: it is it is um then there's like the other main crew member i guess is the uh bot is he a botanist I uh, he's he
1: a biologist
0: uh he's the xenobiologist yes. is it? yeah and then is Wrong. it the bee woman is the botanist or did I, you not get to the bee woman? I, I
1: got to the bee woman, but like I don't, nobody else seemed to be able to see her, so I don't know who she is yet. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. So, um so there's the biologist guy who's like this. Uh, I think he's a New Zealander, and he's kind mm. of just like Mr. Chilled chilled out guy who hangs out in his room and
1: yeah. It's, yeah. Sorry. I've, I've, Sorry, I just no, interrupted okay. with you. No, I just hit the air too hard. That's all it was. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, um, but the thing that we know about him that the characters don't at this point is that in the, the very opening scene, he's the guy with the axe. Yeah. So he's the he somehow becomes Jack from The Shining.
1: Yes, and it, like it's it, it weird because he looks, uh, yeah. you know, remarkably like Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's very strange. Yeah, that's true. That was the first thing I noticed. Okay, yeah. he's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's when you're introduced to him, you know, in the sort of flashback, in quotes sequence. Mm-hmm. So the main show, mm-hmm. uh, he's. I quite liked him. He's very nihilistic. Yeah. He's he's the guy who doesn't believe the mission is going to work. He's he spends all his time in his room like mm-hmm. he he does this he chews rope, which I don't know if that's a real thing or if it's a, a space thing. And he it it kind of a he talks as talks about it as if it's a drug, but i'm not really sure what that is i'm not sure if it's supposed to be like an analogue for smoking weed or something, but he's very relaxed when he does it and he's kind of the stoner guy who hangs out in his room
0: yeah, he is, yeah, yeah, he just does his thing that's why I thought he was a, uh, a botanist, yeah because um, he's going on about With plants them. and he has oh yeah, he has this like weird liquor that he kind of drinks as well. Because, mm. yeah, that's why I thought he was a botanist. I was like, oh, he obviously brews some, like, because there's this, like, cloudy green stuff that he <laughs> drinks. Um, no, I just found
1: this. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I just found this mouldy bottle. Yeah. Thought I'd give it a go. Um, uh, so, yeah, I like him as well. Um, mm. Yeah, so... But yeah. I
1: did find it difficult to engage with him after having seen him in the first, it, mm. it, you know, in the flash-forward sequence. I thought, okay, well, this guy's going to yeah no point getting invested in this dude right yeah
0: yeah, he turns into a psycho axe killer guy Mm -hmm.
1: Um, i mean i could have really done without that opening sequence to be honest i didn't
0: didn't
1: think it had added much
0: no i don't i mean i don't know if it does somehow later on but it just felt from the very opening i felt like i knew where it was going because i was Mm. like okay you've got this scene That means it's all going to be told in flashback because you know um, it feels a bit sort of Battlestar Galactica because that you know had sort of you know really complicated timelines and stuff like that going on. So it just kind of felt like they were trying to do a clever thing at the beginning to um, that doesn't really add anything Mm. apart from sort of breaking the sense of suspense as to where these characters are going Mm. because we know I guess that they're all dead
1: <laughs> uh, apart from him yeah
0: i mean uh, unless they somehow that somehow isn't what's happened
1: yeah i mean it might be one of those fake memory things i guess
0: yeah yeah oh, she does God, that would be annoying <laughs>
1: like not to go on yet another tangent before we we uh, yeah. finish going through the characters but when she in that opening scene um she records a message like the the distress oh. beacon, she's like, "Oh, this is not a distress beacon. This is a warning. Don't bring the night flyer back. Whatever you do, don't board the ship." And then she stops recording. I was like, why don't you explain what's going on?
0: As <laughs> opposed <Yeah. laughs> to just leaving it as a cryptic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll
1: leave a I'll, I'll leave a puzzle audio <laughs> for the for the system shock protagonist who wakes up in the in in the basement of this ship.
0: <laughs> That's so true. I thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh so the final main character I yeah, think Thail. is, is Thale, who's the L one. Um, who's like a cockney geezer, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's very
1: much very much yeah. so.
0: He was kind of my favourite. Um, I liked him. Uh, um, I guess
1: i I wasn't enamored of him. He, like no, he was, I wasn't fine. enamored. But yes.
0: this is slim picking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, like,
1: yeah, this show avoids the kind of Game of Thrones, oh any character you love might die thing by not having any characters that I love in it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's. <laughs> I do wonder where he picked up the Cockney accent, seeing as he's been living in a tank since he was born, apparently.
0: Uh, but then, where did anyone pick up any of their accents? You know, yeah, I like, don't, It's. Yeah. it's, yeah,
1: it's <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm certainly not levelling that as a real criticism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um. But yeah, I quite. I quite liked. It. I think he's the. Well, he's the most interesting character because the other ones are just so, so cut from mm. sort of. Uh, cliched cloth that um, I mean he is too but (laughs) (laughs) at least he's a cockney I didn't expect him to be a cockney (laughs) and I just yeah I quite liked his sort of attitude and stuff Um, but yeah so he's basically he's these telepaths are quite powerful I mean it's not yeah Um, so he can get inside people's heads and um make their eyes bleed <laughs> mm. um <Yeah. laughs> Which she does a few times. And... Yeah, it it's it really
1: funny because she explains it. She says, "Oh, it's it's harmless. It's just like something that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like clearly not harmless. There are very um, few things that make you bleed out of your eyes." I
0: know. She's like one of those annoying dog owners yeah. when you know their Great Dane is like knocking you to the floor, licking the shit out of you. That's like, "Oh, yeah. he likes you." Look, it's like I don't want to be licked by your dog. No. Um, yeah, she's like that. <laughs> Except yeah. you rivals are bleeding yes so um yeah so he's kept in this tank and sort of yeah it's quite a miserable life um and he's just being used as a a tool really and he's getting blamed there's weird stuff happening on the ship and he's getting blamed for everything because everyone's just so Mm -hmm. uptight about this l1 being on the ship at all
1: Yes, that's kind of the main source of tension for the for the whole show, at at least the first couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. So he's there; like something will go wrong. The Mm -hmm. security people will blame him, turn up, you know, demanding to be let in, or they'll have their guns out, and uh, the doctor will be there saying, "Oh no, he couldn't have done this. He couldn't have done that." And that's kind of the main tension. Yeah. And you um, know it's the main tension, because I would estimate that they have that conversation about 500 times in the first episode. <laughs> it's it's really kind of... A, 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 they start doing it again at the beginning of the second episode, and I thought, oh, I'm going to have trouble getting through this, because I have heard this over and over again already.
0: Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, it's just kind of... Te- yeah, the whole show is kind of... Well, I suppose we can talk about the sort of horror element. So yeah, like weird things keep happening, and then I just found myself laughing because you know they're they're like on the floor, writhing in fear, screaming, mm. and I'm just kind of like, am I I was just questioning myself and was like, am I supposed to be scared now, yeah. or is this some kind of detached view they're giving me? That mm. yeah i was just like are they trying to say something here because i'm really not scared at all um you know like sabrina the the latest sabrina was scarier Mm. than than this show um
1: yeah like it just doesn't that so i mean what what are the scary things that happened so um the the leader There's of the, the expedition, Debrannan, so... he keeps seeing visions of his daughter, and occasionally, mm-hmm. like, they momentarily flash so that she looks a bit, like, gory or, you know, mm-hmm. zombified, or sometimes her face is all just completely blacked out or mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But it's not. Like, you, it's it, just it, a it ha-
0: girl in a red coat. Yeah, the know, scene
1: which... hasn't poised you to be frightened. It's not built up any tension. It just suddenly flashes this at you, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's. Yeah. That's happened then.
0: Yeah. Um, like, he's scared, but it's like, yeah. yeah. Like, and I then... I
1: don't have any connection to this girl. She's not my daughter. I'm not going to be <laughs> <laughs> worried about her turning up.
0: Um, so what are the other scary things?
1: There's the laser spider scene. Yeah. Thing, which is really weird because it's not a scary looking thing. No. Like, it's a pretty standard robot, and they put some lasers on it against... <laughs> Against every... Like, she advises him not to. She says, don't put lasers on this because they're lethal. (laughs) And they put some lasers on it. (laughs) And then suddenly something kind of immediately hacks it and it starts scuttling around the room, like, lasering people. (laughs) And, like, again, I couldn't tell whether I was supposed to be scared of it. Because, again, they're kind of backing away and screaming. Mm. And it is really, like, deadly. It kills uh, all three of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... I've already seen it, like in in full light. I, there's no point having it scuttling around in the rafters because I'm not scared of what it might be. No, I know what it is and I know what it does. Yeah, so it's, a, yeah. it's kind of a very backwards way to tell a horror scene.
0: Yeah, and, like, it, and especially because like they put they flagged it.
1: Yes, <laughs> they outlined its capabilities right before. Yeah
0: don't do that that could kill everybody (laughs) (laughs) in a room in a close small enclosed space you could just get cut in half yeah um yeah so and then oh yeah because then there's the visions that people are having which become Mm. kind of stronger and stronger and more violent really um more gory um so one of the oh yeah so one of the guys who was in the room with the laser spider is having a really bad time on the (laughs) ship because he's having sort of flashbacks to that um and then also the, the the force in the ship that's giving people um these bad visions also preys on that fear of his um and his colleague who was cut in half is sort of crawling towards him without Mm. any legs and his eyes have been like lasered out and stuff and he is absolutely terrified but it's just not a terrifying scene at all
1: yeah because you can you can imagine it being scary for him but Mm. i i've not seen the trauma from that perspective i've just Mm. yeah It doesn't resonate with the viewer in the way that... No,
0: at all. And it wasn't kind of built up enough, and we didn't really know that guy. We don't really know the security person that the horror is happening to.
1: No. Um, And when we have seen him, he's not really very nice. No. Like, I have no reason to empathise with him.
0: No, right. (laughs) Yeah, because he's, like, horrible to fail, and he just wants to, like, go around killing things and being, like, a big bouncer on the Mm -hmm. ship. Yeah. Um so yeah, and it's just the fact that it it, it's like it's taken bits from every sci fi horror film and beyond just general horror. You can it's just like, you know, it's two thousand and one, it's alien, it's you know, just everything it's like a bit Solaris, um for people who have seen that. It's just everything you've ever seen is done, you know, there's the girl in the red coat, so it's a bit sort of dark water mm-hmm. or any kind yeah. of horror riffing off of Red Riding Hood. Yes, And, you know, a girl sort of like with a high voice saying, mm-hmm. Daddy scuttling down corridors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how many corridors, like the corridors?
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's really long ones as well, as that yeah. curved one which they all seem to end up talking in at at yeah various points
0: yeah. yeah so yeah there's just like lots of corridors with people spinning out in corridors with yeah. things scuttling, and um yeah it's just as it, yeah it's just such a well worn path that you're just like mm-hmm. i 've seen this all before, and then yeah. Thale is completely shot like the um the kid from Akira mm-hmm. um you know like the the way he's shot and he's got this kind of broad um, forehead and quite a round face he just looks exactly like that kid and it's like you know and then obviously he's a telepath as well and it's Mm. just like just everything is from somewhere else yeah
1: there's um, a shot uh, t- like towards the end of the first episode where it it's almost specifically a picture of hell. Like uh-huh. it's it's so clearly trying to bring, like trying to homage that uh-huh. in a completely unsubtle way. It's a red dot in the middle uh-huh. of a round thing uh-huh. that where a computer used to be. Yeah, there's the domes, the domes yes, from Silent Running, exactly. The the botany things, everything in it you've seen somewhere else before, and there is so much of that stuff that the plot that it's trying to tell becomes really unfocused because it keeps having to go mm-hmm. back and forth between these different things. Mm-hmm. So you've got. The alien subplot, you've got Thale, you've got the laser spider thing for no reason, you've got um, the sort the... of
0: Solaris memory, haunting memories yep. thing.
1: You've got Debranin's wife who um, he keeps talking to on. Uh, like video chat and she's kind of erased her memories of the tragedy oh, that's that happened in her past
0: right yeah that's right because their daughter's dead um, that's kind of coming to light Yeah. and yeah so she's erasing the memories of you know to get over the grief yeah, um, yeah.
1: and there's Melantha's genetic stuff there's um, Lommy's kind of social problems and the stuff that she sees when she's in the when she's plugged in like yeah there's so many strands that you know what are we supposed to be concentrating on there's I can't think of a resolution for this that will bring all of those together in a satisfying way
0: because then well then it turns out that the ship is is the thing that's doing it to people and that turns out to be the captain's mother who i think built the ship she was this amazing engineer and it's her consciousness is in the ship so it's just like every sci-fi just everything you've Mm. ever seen before just like crammed into one yeah sort of meh Uh, yeah
1: and, and none of it's done like Atrociously badly. There's never no. a point where I'm thinking, "Oh, that was awful. That line was awful. That doesn't look right. That isn't scary." It's just it.
0: It, would, of it... it would have almost been better if it yes. was just really
1: bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there are bad, good sci-fi films which trade on that. Like The Fifth Element does that a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Uh, Silent Running like looks cheap in places, but mm-hmm. you forgive it because it's a, good, a yeah. good, you know, film. This is. The best it does is adequate, and the worst it does is boring.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And wasn't it? Isn't it like the most expensive sci-fi, some like a TV show or something? Gosh, is it really? Yeah.
1: I I can't see what would have cost so much because it's all kind of just basic CGI. Like yeah. there's a lot of green screen going on, and it's, there
0: is a lot. Yeah, it, it's a very
1: um, poorly lit ship, so it's not like this, there, there no, has to be a lot of detail.
0: Yeah, they're just on a lot somewhere for the yeah actual scenes. Um, yeah. yeah, and then there's another 2001 reference when Melantha is jogging through the ship, oh, yeah. which is you know that sort of like ring type thing,
1: mm.
0: and you're just like okay. Oh so yeah I watched three episodes and it wasn't getting any better after you know because no. you watched two yeah and it wasn't I think I just started flicking through Instagram when I was on episode <laughs> three because yes. I was just like oh what's like oh it's the mother's the, the consciousness and the shit okay right 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like okay on you go <laughs>
1: I kept getting distracted by the stuff which didn't make sense to a kind of comedic level
0: Oh yeah, so we, yeah, because we were having conversations. So go on, yeah. yeah.
1: So there's uh, in the f- yeah. So in the first episode, there's a shower scene, and for some reason on the ship, showers are done by you kind of put an oxygen mask on, and then you get into a tank full of water, oh. and it's not clear how it how it works, what it what it's actually doing. It, maybe I it's thought just kind of that a bath.
0: was because of her and her genetics. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah. I think it's like some genetic kind of bath thing for uh, her yeah,
1: that does make sense it, yeah. i i don't think that was made particularly clear mm. um but earlier like that malfunctions and she's trapped in there and she can she sort of she TV drowns in which she just so sort of, she's in there for a while and then she closes her eyes and mm. appears to be dead and then um what's her name? lommy um, yeah kind of sen- i guess senses that in the in the data stream that she's in.
0: Yeah.
1: And it comes in and manually overrides it from a panel on the wall. So I don't quite know know what's manual about it, because it's still a computer panel, which does it.
0: Yeah.
1: Why is that on the wall and not in the tank?
0: (laughs) Why is there not a safety system (laughs) inside? Yeah,
1: like, once you're in there, you can't control it. Mm. It...
0: Or, like, uh, have some sort of warning system that alerts everyone that someone's drowning as opposed to nobody unless they happen to be sort of like surfing the (laughs) system. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was Uh, kind of ridiculous. And then of course she bursts into life because that's what happens after you've drowned. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She She didn't need any CPR, anything? No,
1: she didn't. She didn't inhale any of the water. She just she stopped breathing and went unconscious, <laughs> and that was it. her, yeah. her body it, didn't try to kind of get any oxygen in. It was just out. Oh, no, friends. yeah, yeah. Which again, I don't want to go down too much of a cinema scene's route and really pick it apart, but it, no. it's just so blatant. She can't get out. And you're like, well, if there was a mechanism inside here to manually release the tank, she'd be able to get out easily. Why isn't there one? How yeah. did this get past I mean, the kind of invention stage?
0: Yeah, I mean, they could have just had it that it didn't work from inside. Yeah. And then she'd have had to hack it from outside somehow. Mm-hmm.
1: Which would have been a more tense scene than just...
0: Exactly, would have been way more exciting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just us <laughs> arguing the task, yeah. trying to get yeah. up with something. Yeah, it's very strange. It's such a strange show. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah.
1: Then there's this... It... The thing about the captain who is always watching everything... And can mm-hmm. get anywhere, can just appear anywhere. Yeah. But like he never sees any of this stuff going on. No. Like people are openly plotting about him just publicly in the ship and they're like, Well, you know he's he's watching the entire thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And nobody seems to take any notice of that. And then in that that laser spider scene when he turns up, like nothing's alerted him that there's lasers being fired <laughs> on the ship. Uh and he has to come in from the outside.
0: Yeah.
1: Even though he's a holographic projection. <sighs> It's just, uh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it is. It's just sort of um, inconsistent, basically, with it. Yeah, its it's own world doesn't make sense. And things are just sort of not explained, but not in a sort of deliberate storytelling way, just in a they just kind of forgot that bit or thought we didn't need to know. Yeah. Like, there's this woman who kind of controls bees. <laughs> it's just the <laughs> bee woman. Yes. She's just kind of random. and mm. she's just, so I, she, She's the botanist. And of course, she's like this blonde earth mother. Um, mm. uh, yeah, who's just like floating around in the domes, like covered in bees, and then can send them away. And yeah, just...
1: I mean, do, do, I, do they go into more of what she is in the third episode? Because she she appears in the second. She, like, talks to Phil. Yeah. But it's kind of, like, nobody else seems to be able to see her. Like, she walks uh... around and nobody acknowledges her.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's Because, so now the, um... The Kiwi guy goes to see her. Oh, okay, fair enough. Because he's like, oh, I quite like to, like, just hang with plants sometimes, or something like that. They Mm. have this weird conversation. And she's just like, yeah, sort of Mother Gaia kind of... I don't know. I
1: I guess it's possible that they just forgot to have anyone notice her in the script.
0: (laughs) For that one scene. It's so weird. And, yes, and then... He, yeah, it was like because Thale can't hear her get into her thoughts because of the bees. Yeah, the bees are in the way. <laughs> oh my god, it's just weird. <laughs> yeah,
1: and like, I thought the um, the kind of alien, uh, the alien presence that they're chasing is very vaguely explained. Mm. Like for, for the amount of time yeah. they spend expositing about it. They don't actually say, well, you know, have you ever made, seen or made contact with one of these people? You're following their ship. <laughs> they must have noticed you. Yeah. What, yeah, it's... Maybe they don't have any more information than that, but... No. It's it's not made clear how much they know about the alien. presence. It's present.
0: not, yeah. It is all, like, how they know that they've got the technology to help them on Earth and yeah yeah
1: so this is this is the problem, and this is why I'm sort of talking about the things that kind of physically don't make sense, even though in another in another piece of media I might forgive those mm-hmm. It's that I'm so often stopping to ask questions that I don't feel I should have to be asking
0: yeah, that yeah.
1: It, it's difficult to just settle in and watch the show I'm, yeah. i can't. I can't immerse myself in it I can't get lost in it because i'm always like well what what does that mean that doesn't make any sense <laughs>
0: None of it makes sense. Yeah. None of it makes sense. And, um, aren't they called, like, the Vulcrum or something? The, the
1: Vulcran? Yeah, Vulcran, I think it something
0: is. Something very, like, the Vulcans. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, you couldn't have thought of another name. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, like I saw, I read it, I guess, before I saw it, so I didn't notice the kind of
0: okay, that's yeah, the phonics but... of it, yeah, because yeah, I hadn't seen it written down, so I was just like, the what? What are they yeah. called? <laughs> and yeah, it's just, just don't go there, just stay away from V's and Z's. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah. Let, yeah,
1: it, it's strange that they have a name for them which is so alien and so specifically kind of sounds like a Star Trek race when mm. a, apparently they haven't made any contact with them. Yeah. Well, why are they called this? Why are they not? Like, you call telepathic people L1s. Why do these guys not have yeah, a numerical Telepathic
0: name? humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is true. Yeah, I don't. Who knows? Yeah that is just basically the tagline for this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... the, the tagline for the
1: show is just a guy shrugging. It's yeah, just... <laughs> exactly. Well, fuck it. I who, just who, who even knows?
0: Your guess is as good as ours, <laughs> <laughs> says Argue the Task. Yeah. Uh, so, Night uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Don't... yeah, I'd say don't bother because it's not even... So bad it's good,
1: no it's, it's just
0: not even that bad it's just in yeah it doesn't affect you in any way, kind of thing mm. it's just a waste of time which sounds yeah, really, yes I it mean, sounds really harsh that, but it kind of is yes,
1: like we don't often do <laughs> we don't often do shows about stuff that we're both so kind of negative about, no. I. Mean, yeah, I don't. I don't think I am that negative about it. I don't think it's a bad show, which is you know I know I keep no. coming back to that, but it's it's also not good and it's no, not memorable.
0: But, yeah, and you just don't want to watch anymore because it's just like not because you hate it, just because it's like well, I could just rewatch something else that I like. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like I am vaguely interested to know where it's going. Like yeah. some of the mysteries that it sets up are interesting. Like the the Captain being kind of just a a hologram is cool. I want to see what that's about. Why he does that. I want to see what the Vulcan are like. But I like I don't have the patience for ten more episodes before I find out.
0: But the thing is, in episode three, he isn't a hologram anymore, and I don't know why.
1: <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs>
0: it was just like it's like yeah, because somebody thought he was a hologram and ended up punching him in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> which should have been funnier than it yeah. Was. yeah so yeah so because he just decided to become yeah
1: i mean i'm sure you do find out i mean this is from like kind of this is Three adapted episodes. from a george r r martin novella uh which was like kind of critically acclaimed i think i think it was nominated for a hugo award Yeah, so there is, like, a film about it as well, which I'd never heard of until I looked it up for this episode. So this is kind of a story which has a background of being kind of good, but this show doesn't get that across. And whatever it is about the the novella and the the film that were okay, I can't see it from the the episodes that I've watched.
0: Mm, No, I can't. Yeah. Yeah might be interesting i guess if you like george R. R. martin maybe read the thing but i'm yeah. not going to no. <laughs> i mean so. i i might well yeah, l- yeah. let me know
1: uh, yeah i will do we'll do another episode on it
0: yeah or i might just read the wikipedia sort of synopsis and see where it went yeah we'll <laughs> just yeah. watch the last yeah. episode and see <laughs> how wild it gets mm. Maybe the Bee Lady's the only one who... Maybe she's doing it all. I hope so.
1: Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I hope it is as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll probably never find out because it's actually been cancelled now. This yeah. Show, like, it did one I, season... That's true as it well, didn't so... Do well.
0: Maybe you don't... Oh, so I guess you don't even get to see the end of the story, which is even more annoying. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> leaving that one. Okay, yeah. So that was Night Flyers. Yeah. Um and <laughs> yeah, so that'll be that. So uh if you liked the show, let us know. Um and yeah, we're on Twitter at argue the cast on gameindustry dot com and all your favourite podcast places. Mm-hmm. Um and we will see you next time, until next time Drew,
1: cheerio